0: Welcome to Vineyard Hopkinton. As we follow Jesus together, we experience the Holy Spirit, create a multicultural community, and pursue kingdom of God justice. Jesus, We're ending our series, uh... He, uh, heal the healthy whole, receiving what Jesus has done for us. Jesus has redeemed us. He's forgiven us. He has healing for our souls. How do we live into and receive some of that? It's been a good series. Um, you know, the, the sermon on, uh, that Stephen did on stress and exhaustion, super helpful purpose, um, family life, some really good stuff. Um, and I'm going to finish us up here today. Um, you know, as I, as I share, uh, sometimes I'll, I'll share some pivotal moments, some of the highs and lows of my life from this platform. I want to share about one moment that really might have changed my life. About nine months ago, my iPhone stopped working. And I priced new iPhones. I said, they're really expensive. I thought, you know what? This is is my opportunity. I'm going to free myself from some of the tangle of technology. I'm going to get a talk and text phone and I'm going to live like so differently. And then I realized that actually that was a little expensive and I would definitely have to buy a GPS if I wanted to go anywhere. Oh, and a camera, a nice camera because I have cute kids and I want to take pictures of them. And then I ended up getting an Android, and nothing much has changed, and I still look at my phone too much. The end. (laughs) We're going to talk about technology today. Um, You know, I like technology. I'm on social media. I love a good movie. But honestly, I'm not sure that we can live healed, healthy, and whole without examining Talking honestly, taking stock of the effects of technology on our lives. You know, friends, I really, I think one of my goals is that Christians would kind of get out in front of some of the, these problems just, just a little bit. The, the Facebook metaverse, you know, whatever that is, whoever wants that, that's, that's coming in, in a couple of years. And I really want Christians to, to get our stuff together and to be living empowered, happy technology using lives, and to get ahead of this problem just a little bit. Technology is powerful. We can't expect to live differently if we consume technology the same way as everyone else. I cannot binge watch and scroll the same way as the average American and expect not to end up more or less like the average American. It's just powerful. We're not anti-technology. I like technology. It's powerful, so we need to be careful how we use it. And this is a question for all ages, all stages. Um, we've really only um, been in this modern age of technology for about 20 years with laptops and phones. That's, that's new, 25 years. Uh, only been in the modern, like historical epoch of technology for about 100 years. None of us know how to do this well. A 2018 survey of teenagers so that teenagers' biggest problem with their parents was, guess what? How much time their parents spent on their phones. Last week, I read a survey of um, a study on mothers of teenage children. So women, you know, early 50s, something like that, um, whose kids are teenagers, got a little bit more freedom. This should be like a, a happy self-discovery time. Um, Technology use is increasing. Anxiety and depression is increasing in these women. Uh, I think of both sets of my grandparents. They watched a tremendous amount of TV after retirement. Actually, they watched a lot of TV before retirement. Come home from work, immediately the TV's on just as a way to relax, um, escape the pressures of the day, which is escapism. And escapism is not the way of Jesus Christ. Jesus came from a, a spiritual, heavenly uh, existence into a body, into the limits of time, into cold, hard reality. Escapism is not the way of Jesus Christ. So pick pick your device, pick your screen. Um, it doesn't really matter. There is not much room for finger pointing. This is an issue that affects us all, and there's no condemnation here no condemnation, but I do think that Jesus has better for us this morning, and that's what we want to receive. So let's pray together, and then we're going to dig into scripture. Jesus, this morning we do turn our attention and our hearts to you, and as we turn to your word this morning, we want your word to shape and form us, There are so many things that influence us. Influence us well, or influence us not so well. And this morning we turn our attention to you. We say we're open to your influence, open to your guiding. Thank you that you love us. You don't have an agenda for us. You don't make money off of us. You You love us. And you love us fiercely. You have proven your great love for us with your death, your great power for us, with your resurrection. We invite your spirit to come and speak to us. We have open hearts, open lives to your working in us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, let's start at the beginning, shall we? And by the beginning, I mean the beginning. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night evening passed morning came marking the first day and uh, friends as we read these ancient ancient words just let them sink in to you the great poetry of it then he's uh, an evening passed and morning came marking the first day then god said let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth and that's exactly what happened the land produced vegetation all sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees with seed-bearing fruits and their seeds producing plants and trees of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Do you hear God's love and passion in this and the attention to detail? Then God said, let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals. And it was so. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, all the animals that scurry along the ground. God looks at everything he makes and he sees how good it is. He loves his creation. He's got that, that just love, that pride, that affirmation. He looks at human beings and he blesses them. Not just calls them good, but blesses them. You as human beings are blessed by your creator. Then God said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals and the birds in the sky and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And it was so. And God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. He saw that it was very good. This is our start. So often we start with many different things, and there are many great starting points uh, in our faith. But this is our world. God has created it in love. He blesses human beings, and as he blesses them, he anoints them. With a job and with responsibility, there's blessing and anointing. And as we think about our now extremely complex world that has changed a little bit since this was written, I want us to just kind of ground ourselves in some of the realities of how God created our world. Number one, you and I are created good. You and I are created good. And with this, we kind of can't improve on some of God's creation gifts. A good conversation between friends, uh, a sunrise, uh, living a life of purpose, of taking care of the the earth. God gave us the best gifts first. God gave us some of the best gifts first. From the very beginning, because he's a loving creator, and he sets us up with everything that we need Looking at how we receive his best gifts, his first gifts. You know, a lot about um, technology, social media especially, is about connection. And on Facebook or or TikTok, I can read about you. I, I can see you. But there's a difference between actually being with you and scientifically biologically my brain does know the difference my brain registers differently if i'm talking to you face to face or if i'm looking at a video of you i have joined um two uh town committees uh here in hopkinton since the pandemic started and they're all on zoom which is great super convenient and it's like new committees that, that i sit on and everything and we don't have a past history and i realize I am not such a good committee member on Zoom. Like, I, 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 sometimes I'll realize that I'm slag- slacking off a little bit. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, go- I'm going to do better. But there's something about sit- eye contact that you get that brainstorming going. I just, I'm a better contributor in person. I want us to think for just a minute. Um, play this like imaginary game with me. Um, nightmare, what, what, whatever you will. Pretend all our devices stop working this afternoon. What would you do other than freak out and rush to the Apple store to get it fixed? Say like 3 p.m., all, all your screens stopped working. Would you spend the rest of your day praying and reading the Bible? Maybe. But most of us, many of us, I, I think if our phones stopped working at 3 p.m., what would we do? 4 p.m., you know, go for a walk, play a game, talk with someone, um, spend a little bit more time cooking, look out the window, read a book. Technology doesn't just separate us, us and God. It can be helpful for us and God, it can, or it can separate, but it's not just that. It's our relationship with God's best gifts to us. There's also separation between us and other people, us and ourselves, us and nature, Basically, if all of our devices stopped working, we would not spend all our time just with God in the narrow sense. We'd spend time, you know, with God's best gifts. You know, with people, with nature, you know, just with our ourselves. Me, I am God's good gift. Um, you know, technology can separate us from ourselves. Instead of feeling our feelings... We distract ourselves with another episode. Uh, We don't live into our bodies. We live out of our bodies into some, you know, immaterial uh, uh, fantasy. And as we said, Jesus' journey was a journey uh, into reality, into an earthly body. God's good gift is nature. A nature documentary will never have the same beneficial uh, effects as sunshine and, and, and fresh air. God's good gifts um, is what we are separated from sometimes by technology. But what happens? What happens when we turn off a little bit? And by by that, I do mean like you know, I I frequently you know will turn off the radio in my car, just you know look out the window at, at the sunshine without without noise. Um, the other week we were driving to Boston uh, to see family, and it was a rush hour drive, so we we had a little while. Um, And uh, the kids, they love listening to music. They're very musical and stuff. Like, can we turn on the radio? Um, I was like, sure. But, like, I wanted to talk about this thing for the weekend. So let's just, you know, keep it off before we start jamming. Um, So we talked about this. And then we talked about school. And then we talked about something else. And then uh, we started telling stories from when the littlest one was a baby and recounting stories. And then an hour and a half later, we arrived at our destination. And we had talked the entire time. Good things happen when we turn off technology and and create space um, for that. Um, Good things happen when we turn off because God did give us his best gifts first. And then also from this creation story, we, we see that we have to exert control and discernment to live into God's good life for us. It says be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the animals that scurry along the ground. I love the attention to to detail there. We call this stewardship. And stewardship simply means that God creates and we partner with him to take care of his creation. Stewardship says that, that God is sovereign. He's in control. We are responsible to him. It's the belief that human beings have responsibility uh, over the world. We should take care of it, look after it. God is a generous giver, and we have responsibilities as recipients of, of God's gifts. So, and stewardship is what it, part of what it means to be a flourishing human being. It's part of what it means to have a good life. You know, we have to have stewardship over our finances. You know, we're called to, to give generously, to, to keep account uh, of our finances, to live wisely in that area. You know, in college, I started trying to figure out my money. I started following Jesus also in college, so I started tithing in college. It was like $11 off of my work study. Um, but, you know, I started trying to figure out how to spend my money wisely and, and well. But none of us would say, you know... I just, I'm, I'm just going to do whatever I want with my money. It's so much for, you know, money's good. I'm just going to spend it, you know, however I want. None of us would say, you know, I just don't think I need to take care of my health. The doctor's, you know, so far away. I have to schedule appointment far, far in advance. I'm just not going to bother with it. But when it comes to technology, That's exactly what some of us say. We say, I'm just going to do, you know, whatever I I feel like and not steward our time and uh, attention. We cannot live the good life that God wants for us without stewardship. So stewardship over this area of our life. And again, We like technology. It's amazing what people have done. It's truly amazing. I read two books preparing uh, for this message. The first book was called How to Break Up With Your Phone, and uh, they talk about how smartphones are changing some of our um, brain chemistry, that we live in a state of focused distraction. We've heard this statistic about how goldfish have longer uh, attention spans than human beings now. Um, she also talks in this book about how our attention is what gets sold on social media. We've heard about you know Facebook and uh, the algorithms really um, wanting to get extreme responses because that's what gets um, attention. Um, but your attention is what's being paid for by um, marketers, by by Facebook. And she says that the sad thing is we experience that which we pay attention to. We pay attention to our kids. We experience our kids. We pay attention to, you know, sports. We experience sports. We pay attention to social media. We're experiencing social media. Um, A Christian author I really like, John Mark Comer, he says, in the end, your life is no more than the sum of what you gave your attention to. Your life is the sum of what you gave your attention to. Um, And Catherine Price, the author of How to Break Up With Your Phone has a number of, uh, uh, she's got this whole like five things to do a week, um, like change where you charge. Um, I actually, this week, I went out and I bought an alarm clock. Steven found a nice one for me at Target, $10 with the white noise machine, so now I don't have to have the phone to be literally the first thing that I hear in uh, the morning. Um, so she's got this whole uh, method, use screen time notifications, really some helpful um, boundaries. I think two things that I'd really like to see us as a church community and Christians uh, at large um, deal with is, is a healthy news diet get a hold of what news you are consuming um you know the other week i I, you know was at my laptop i logged on to to check check the news pull up a browser window and i had to click refresh a second time because i was a little confused i was like no that was last week when I, i checked i hit refresh it's talking about the same thing um as Mary Ellen says, so much of our news isn't actually news, it's gossip about the news. There's like the headline, and then there's speculation and conjecture, right? Um, so I know a number of people have switched to a weekly, like periodical, a weekly magazine, newspaper, um, so, so a once a week. Um, I have a podcast I listen to that comes out three times a week that's a three-minute recap, a Christian recap that takes about three minutes, because that's, all I need. I do not work in government. That's all um, I need. And guys, honestly, I beg you, do this and do this before the next election cycle. Please. There's a uh, proverb, when's the best time to plant a tree? Well, 30 years ago is the best time to plant a tree. When's the second best time to plant a tree? Now. Today. Yep. Um, So get a handle on your news consumption. And then, kids don't need phones. I'm sorry. I see a number of, uh, like, you guys aren't kids. You guys aren't kids. Um, We've got some older teenagers here. Um, Kids don't need phones. Um, My 13-year-old does not have a phone. Actually, she does have a phone. Uh, This is why I always say, you have a phone. It just happens to be mine but that's good for me, because you know what? I don't need my own phone. I can share. Friends text you all the time. Here you go. Another message for you. It's not for me. I don't need my own phone. I can share. So it's, it's good for me. The other book I read was called Digital Minimalism, um, and really fascinating. He digs into a whole lot of stuff here. Um, again, not anti-technology, just Technology is really fascinating. Um, One of the things he talks about is how unplanned some of this technology was. So the iPhone, when it first came out, was the iPod. Remember that whole shuffle where you got to have like 25 songs at your fingertips? Like, wow, it was an iPod meets a cell phone. So you could listen to music and make phone calls at the same time, amazing, right, guys? it was not planned to be a laptop, camera, personal entertainment system all mixed into one. And uh, he quotes Steve Jobs um, saying like, no, 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 the second some programmer starts running more code on this thing, that's when someone will need to call 911 and just, no. So this iteration of technology was not planned. We are the ones who have to plan. We're the ones who have to plan. And so this book uh, recommends taking a 30-day like fast from all non-essential technology and then adding back in what you value, what you truly use, what you'll actually need. And both these books were good, but what both of them said is take back control. Technology is great, but technology can use you. We want to be using technology in a Christian terms, stewardship moving back to the Genesis story, as we talk about stewardship, our foundation is good. It starts with a good creation. Stewardship, setting limits, responsible control is part of what it means to be human. And then lastly, though, if we move ahead from God's good gifts and and good stewardship, we get to chapter 3 of Genesis, which would be uh, the fall sin. And in Genesis, there are actually two creation accounts. We see Genesis 1, a creation poem, Genesis 2 reiterates or re- repeats a, a creation narrative, and then one uh, sin story in Genesis 3. To recap, that one thing they weren't allowed to do. Uh, this serpent, a figure of, of deceit and deception, comes in, uh, finds Eve, uh, not a singular name Eve, but woman, womankind. Uh, alone, he says to her. Why can't you have that? It looks really good. Like, oh, don't don't worry about it. Um, actually, it will make you like God. Don't you want to step up a knot? It's actually a really good thing for you. Eve is tempted. She takes. Uh, she eats the one thing she wasn't supposed to. Goes to Adam again. Adam, mankind, uh, and he's actually an easier case than she was. He doesn't need the devil. He's fine with just his wife to tempt him. Um, takes. When both of them succumb to temptation, uh, things fall apart because they have rejected God's way of doing things. They've chosen to do things their own way, seeking to make themselves to gain uh, authority and reject God's good way of doing things. Two things to notice about Genesis 3 that I think are really instructive to us. First... The woman was by herself. She was isolated. It's not an accident. Diedrich Bonhoeffer says, sin demands to have a person by himself. We typically do not make our most destructive decisions around a nice family meal. Sin demands to have a person by himself. And then second, the temptation was to take better, was to raise yourself up, make yourself more important, spectacular, you know, get happiness now, strive for more. And I think that these two temptations have some relevance to technology um, that offers some quick fixes for, you know, our self-image, our esteem we want. We try to take and grab better and more. And then there's Definitely a lot of temptation around isolation and loneliness with technology. Um, As we start to wrap things up, I've got a video that I think is really good um, as we look into what Jesus has, um, as we turn towards what Jesus has for us as alternatives. If we can pull that We have excessive addiction. Designing for addiction is not the exception. It's the rule in Silicon Valley. Experts in psychology and sociology are some of the most important hires for people who are building dopamine-driven feedback loops in games and in other things that we can download on our phones. And if we don't pay attention to the harm that's being caused to our physical and emotional well-being today, as technology augments more of our lives, we will become slaves to it. And this is not a must-do. This is a should-do, because if we lose our mental and physical well-being to the promise of emerging technologies, then we will lose everything. Uh, sobering uh, reminder. I was trying to give him space so y'all could hear him. Um, sobering uh, reminder. What does Jesus want for us? Galatians 5, 6 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring each other, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Don't be misled. You cannot mock God. You will always harvest what you plant. For those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest Everlasting life from the Spirit. Friends, this is a spiritual promise from Jesus. We who who reap in the Spirit um, will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. We are called to be free free from compulsions and habits, free to love one another well, free to live in the good life that God has provided for us and redeemed for us himself. So what we're going to do now is we're going to get real practical. Um, When you came in, uh, if you saw this little piece of paper, um, for those of you joining us online, um, we can pop this up on the chat or you a uh, larger uh, version on the screen. Um, So what this is, is a way for us to steward technology, for us to be in control. So it's got a little line, um, and write down a screen, an app, a a whatever, and then you're going to take a couple of notes on what's it good for. what What you use it for, how is it helpful, how is it beneficial, and then, you know, how much time, approximately, should be allocated to to that that good. Um, So whatever the app is, TV, uh, scrolling on the internet, video games, news, Netflix, Amazon, shopping, surfing the internet, what do you want from this technology? How is it benefiting you? How is it useful to you? Um, And then how much time should that take? Because guys, I don't care how much TV you watch, you know, you could watch hours if you're like, you know what, I want this. I, this is how I relax. You know, I, this is how I choose to, to spend my evenings. Great. But the reality is many of us say like, actually, I'd love to, you know, read a book or do this project around the house, but I'm so tired. I come home, you know, Netflix magically turns itself on and then it's bedtime, Right? Watch TV, watch Netflix, but choose that and live uh, intentionally, live in control. Um, so, for example, we can take Facebook. Um, as I, I think that probably one of the social media apps for many of us will make it on that list. What's it good for? Well, I like connecting with people who I would not connect with otherwise. I have lived in you know, multiple different spots. Um, you know, the other week someone posted on Facebook, you know, I'd really like some prayer. I wouldn't have known that. I actually called her up. We talked in person. I sent her a card. I wouldn't, she wouldn't have, have necessarily reached out to me. It was a great way for me to connect with, with her. So, what's it good for? How do you actually want to, to use it? I'm part of a uh, Westboro, um, like, Facebook book group. And um, for my husband's birthday in January, He really loves strawberry rhubarb pie. Went to a couple stores, couldn't find some. I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll have to make it myself. Went to the store in January, no rhubarb. It's out of season. So I posted on the Facebook group, hey, does anyone know where I can find this particular type of pie? I can't even find rhubarb in the stores. I, I got the recommendations, found a bakery, but one woman... She, po- she, she, she replied to me and she's like, you know what? I've got some in my freezer. I'll send you my address. I'll, I'll put the rhubarb out on my porch. You can come. I mean, it's just, it's so nice. She was offering me her own, you know, baking materials. It's so nice. How much time is that worth? How much is that nice worth, right? Because there are also other nice things. Um, how do we want to control and steward that? News, good for some things. What's it good for? How much time do we want to allocate towards that? You're in control. You're choosing what brings you life. You're using technology, stewarding it well. Andy Crouch wrote a great book called um, TechWise Family, and he talks about the proper place of technology. As you uh, finish writing down some different thoughts, He says, technology is in its proper place when it helps us love the real people in our lives. It's out of place when I bond with people I will never meet. Technology is in its proper place when it starts good conversations, which it can. It's out of place when it prevents us from really listening to each other, which it does. Tech is in its proper place when it helps us acquire new skills, like language or or cooking, it hinders us when we use it for passive consumption. So friends, God has blessed us with many things in our life, and God has blessed us with technology. I think today Jesus wants to bless and anoint us, as he's doing all along, from the Garden of Eden through to this very modern moment to bless us as his good creatures, as his beloved children, and to anoint us over our lives, over technology, over our jobs and our work. Bless us for flourishing and full life. Jesus loves us. He loves every part of our life. And he's called us for abundant life. Worship team, if you guys want to come on back up, let's stand together and pray we're going to move into a time of worship. We really, we really want to focus on Jesus. We want to use technology, use screens. but We want to have our hearts and our minds shaped by God, by the truth of his word. We want to have our emotions controlled, not by news media, not by social media. We want to have our emotions controlled by the love of God that calls us further in and higher up. So let's pray together, friends. Jesus, we thank you for your love for us. Proclaimed and so clear throughout all of creation. Throughout all of our lives. And we just take a moment right now to remember the ways that you have blessed us. Friends, just just remember two, three ways that Jesus has blessed you, that Jesus has helped you times when it could have gone a different way and Jesus intervenes God we thank you for how you love us thank you for how you help us thank you for how you meet us in our time of need Your word says though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death every place in season and out of season every corner every dark curve of the road Lord God you are with us So we look to you in all things. And we turn and worship to you, Jesus, giving you you respect and reverence and adoration that you are due. Amen.